Hi, this is Chad Dull. Welcome to my Poverty Informed Podcast. Today I'd like to talk a little bit about how we maintain ourselves and our purpose uh, in these incredibly challenging times. Um, I don't know about your organization, but in mine, I can feel the fatigue um, and it's, it's real, right? My fatigue is real. My staff's fatigue is real. Student fatigue is real. This is a real thing and things aren't working the way they need to all the time. Um, we're proud that we got people back to school, but we're worried if they'll be able to continue in school. We're worried about who got left out and who got left behind and it's exhausting. And I've been thinking about how to deal with that exhaustion because uh, I was in a meeting the other night and someone said that if I choose to be overwhelmed and to step back, that that's a choice I can make, but that that choice just transfers that stress to someone else, oftentimes someone with less resources to deal with it. And that's been a kind of a punch in the gut for me. So it's got me thinking about something I wrote just a couple of months ago, actually, that I thought I'd share with you today. Um, And it's an article I wrote called Islands of Sanity. Five years ago, I was able to attend a conference in Plano, Texas. Remember going to conferences? I was part of a team my college at the time had selected to attend the Continuous Quality Improvement Network, known as Sequin. Now, going to conferences has always been a bit of a mixed bag for me. To be frank, I have attention span issues, and also my thinking tends to diverge from others, so I all too often feel left out. But the group that had invited me included our president and multiple vice presidents, so I went humbly as the dean of my division at the time. The theme for this particular conference was change management, and we learned about a change management framework from a group called ProSci. And actually, a few years later, I attended more training from ProSci, to be certified as a change management practitioner. Like I said, um, my attention span is a challenge, but I do remember the training said change management is about helping people to change. Maybe not a bad takeaway for two separate weeks of training. But what I really remember from Sequin in that, that year was the other speaker who provided a keynote, Dr. Margaret Wheatley. Now, Dr. Wheatley is a legend in studying organizational behavior, and I was excited to see her speak. But honestly, she was dark on that day in 2015. She said she had essentially given up hope on a broken system. She told us inspiring stories of working with military leaders and the unique culture of care in the military. But mostly, she told us things were bad and likely to get worse. She had no program to learn and adopt, like ProSci. She just challenged us to be warriors for the human spirit and to create islands of sanity inside the broken system we operated in. As my group worked through the rest of the conference, we didn't do much with Dr. Wheatley's information because it wasn't easy to put in just a four-day workshop. So we focused on action steps and future planning, and occasionally we mentioned that her, fe- her speech felt unusual, and we weren't sure what to do with it. Now, of course, I never really fit in anywhere, 
So quietly, I was provoked, inspired, and challenged. And even five years later, I can't stop thinking about what Margaret Wheatley asked us to do. It applies to poverty-informed work, and it applies even more in these current times. The pandemic has reduced much of what we do to a series of choices which feel like choosing the least bad option. It is frustrating to know whatever we do has consequences we might not want. Regular listeners know I think we are in the business of providing paths to social mobility through education. And now we have to see if we can find safe ways to do our work. We have to decide about online courses, which might exclude just the people we are trying to be there for, versus creating face-to-face learning environments, which have obvious challenges as well. It's frustrating, and whatever we choose to do is easy to criticize. My college really does try to work in a deep culture of caring, but the stress is real, and I can feel it throughout the college. I know that's even more true for students trying to figure out what to do next. My own daughter chose to transfer and move home, and my son will be attending online high school. Some students will choose to step away for a year and hope to return when the world reverts back. But we know not everyone can do these things. We know not everyone is safer at home, and pursuing a post-secondary credential is their best bet to change their lives. So much is out of our control, and it can be overwhelming. Dr. Wheatley's call to create islands of sanity seems more timely to me than ever. As poverty-informed leaders, who are also feeling overwhelmed, working to create islands of sanity and safety is vitally important right now. The current circumstances have robbed us of much of the bandwidth we use to plan and look ahead. We are being forced to react to ever-changing circumstances, and long-term planning can feel kind of pointless because what happens next feels so far from our control. Now, astute listeners will observe I just described circumstances very familiar to people in the crisis of poverty. In an odd way, the pandemic has leveled the playing field in some respects, although don't pretend having middle-class resources doesn't create options others do not have. The point is, we have an opportunity to learn from the people we serve and the lessons of the day and take care of one another in real time. When I speak at workshops, one of the common critiques I hear of people in poverty is that they make short-term choices instead of choosing what serves them in the long term. Now, of course, I view that differently. I view people making the best choice they can in difficult circumstances. Sound familiar? Doesn't wanting to feel okay, even for a short time, sound pretty good right now? We can create islands of sanity in a world which seems out of control. For many of us, it's the first time in a long time, or maybe ever, we have felt this out of control. But I remind you again, many of the people we serve feel this lack of control over their future most of the time. It is corrosive. So, what do we do? Well, first, realize you cannot control everything happening right now. Accept your sphere of influence and create islands of sanity within that sphere. Maybe it means taking extra time with a coworker. Maybe as a leader, it means finding the pieces of a workload that can simply wait. 
With so much to do at work, I find myself jumping directly to business in meetings. But a coworker reminded me starting meetings with, how are you, will create a sense of connection when we are all pulled apart. I hear stories of faculty planning flexibility in their return plans. They're reducing stress about attendance requirements and due dates. That feels like creating a small island of sanity to me. In fact, one of my faculty said, if a student learns it on Tuesday, or they learn it on Thursday, the point is, they learned it. You know, just a small island of comfort like that example may create the space for a student to reduce anxiety and persevere when they are dealing with children at home learning online, job insecurity, and all the basic needs and security they faced long before we heard of COVID-19. Can we take our own anxiety and realize the person we are facing is carrying the same burden or more? What does it look like in practice? I think just-in-time support, a primary tenet of poverty-informed practice, is all about creating an island of sanity in the midst of chaos and stress. I think patience, flexibility, and grace to one another will create islands for each of us and let us continue in these difficult times. Over the last several years, when I present to college faculty and staff about the immediacy of the issues facing our students, one of the most common questions I get is, should we give our own money to students? My answer is always the same. I remind people not to do things which will get them in trouble. And of course, remind them that money is a deeply personal issue. After those disclaimers, I share that I have often given funds to students who presented need. I also know the funds weren't always used in ways I would choose, but they were my attempt to create a small island of sanity and a touch of safety. Poverty Informed Practice says we love our students. What would you do for someone you loved, especially if you had all the tools to do it? I know it's shocking, but I spend a fair amount of time on social media, and one of the things which has not sat right with me since March are the posts I read from people whose lives look a lot like mine. And they often extol the virtues of this crisis and how it's made them connect with their family and slow down. I react negatively because my brain gets trapped in thinking of the people who are being crushed by this thing, and I get angry at what I view as willful blindness. But today, I'm feeling a little more forgiving. I see posts like those and those thoughts as an attempt to create an island of sanity in a sea of chaos. We are overwhelmed and experiencing uncertainty and fear. What I'm asking of each of us is to not retreat just onto our own island because we can. If you are one of the fortunate folks who is still working and or working remotely, or see yourself as learning wonderful lessons about simplicity and minimalism during these times, good for you. Just don't hide there, please. It is my greatest fear this pandemic will pass and we will have had an opportun opportunity to learn what it really is to take care of one another and we will miss it because we will choose to protect what we have rather than be warriors for the human spirit and create islands of sanity for those who need it. Which is everyone, by the way. At that sequin conference in 2015, the one activity my team did do with Margaret Wheatley's presentation was to create a shield with a crest to represent our attempt to be warriors for the human spirit. 
Our team struggled with what to do, uh, including me. I hate art projects. But we settled on an emblazoning our shield with the word safety. We also had a little fun with the Men Without Hats safety dance song, but that's another story for a bunch of people from the 80s. In these current times, our little activity resonates with me again. The system feels broken, and maybe it is, for now. But we can be warriors for the human spirit. We can take care of one another, and we can create islands of sanity to allow ourselves to feel safe and see a future better than the past we came from. So I'm asking you to commit with me to creating those islands however you can. And please don't fall trap to retreating and protecting just yourself. Create those islands where you can and rest on the ones others create for you. That is a path forward, even when we can't see all that far down the road.